0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Helpline is taking a break this week due to the long weekend. And so instead, we've snapped up one of the parent school's experts to talk about breastfeeding. Parent School is a new babyology platform that connects you to experts in one on one online sessions. Natasha Lunn is a lactation consultant with the Parent School, and she's going to chat to us about some common breastfeeding challenges and possible solutions. Hi, Natasha, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you, Siobhan.
0: How are you? Good, thank you. Before we get into the challenges, is there any way new mums can set up good breastfeeding practices from the beginning?
1: Um, I think when it comes to good breastfeeding practices in the beginning, it really comes down to education and knowing how breastfeeding works. Uh, You can do that in lots of different ways by reading articles from the internet, from babyology, ABA. There's even um, prenatal breastfeeding classes that you can do either through your local ABA group, I guess, or even some IBCLCs do prenatal courses as well.
0: What do those acronyms stand for? ABA is the Australian Breastfeeding Association and the other one you mentioned was IB. IBCLC. So a lactation
1: consultant is what a lot of people know them as, but the gold standard is someone who's called an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant and that means that they've um, passed exams and jumped through all the hoops to get that gold standard professional accreditation.
0: All right, so those groups that you could look to get the information before you actually have your baby let's fast forward to when you have your baby when the milk comes in that can be really painful can you talk to me about what's happening there and how we might be able to manage any uncomfortable feelings we might have at that point
1: it's important for mums to know that when they have their babies, their bodies are perfectly primed to start feeding their babies straight away. So the first milk that we produce is something called colostrum and colostrum is super duper important because what it does is it acts like a baby's first vaccine. So it's really high in immune properties and it primes the gut so that it's ready to start taking milk and kind of protect the lining of the gut. Um, It also is really high in salt concentration. So it helps babies like poo out the first meconium poo. And it's also very high in sugar. So they only need like a little bit of um, colostrum, which is maybe like five to seven mils per feed in the beginning. So it's only a little bit and it's maybe like 30 mils over the course of 24 hours for the first couple of days. Then what happens is after about... From about day three to about day eight is what we call our milk coming in. And so what what I want mums to know is that they have milk before then. It's not like they have to wait until day three. But when that milk comes in, like, boy, can it can be, um, be painful, <laughs> as yes. you said. And, and it can be quite a bit of a shock for mums because their boobs just... Aren't what they expected them to be. Like they're they're big and they're red, hot and they're swollen and it feels like they're up under your armpits. Um <laughs> and a lot of mums get a bit a bit concerned because they think that they're getting mastitis or that um, you know, they're breasts are engorged in a bad way and what's important to realize is this is what we call physiological engorgement so it's what um, it's what's supposed to happen and it happens as a response to the placenta being removed once you've birthed that after you've had your baby so the placenta is removed the progesterone hormone comes down and then that tells our breasts to start making more milk
0: okay we're at that point where they're from my memory, rock hard and as big as watermelons and painful. Mm-hmm. What do we do at that point? Because I remember just thinking, I'm going to put my baby on my boob and I'm going to drown them because there's so much milk in here. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So the most important thing is to keep on feeding. So bring your baby to your breast as frequently as you can and that will help those symptoms die down. So what you can also do is use cold packs. So some mums like to use like gel packs um, that you can stick into your nursing bra or sometimes you can even just like wet a disposable nappy and stick that in the freezer because it's already boob shaped and then (laughs) then stick that down your bra as well. Um, So Cold, like cool and and cold can help a lot and then just feeding your baby regularly as well.
0: And I understand that how babies feed starts to regulate the way your milk comes in so your milk is responding to your baby's appetite. That always used to confuse me. So if your milks come in and your boobs are just stock full of milk, your baby's feeding is the assumption that your baby's going to be hungry to begin with or um does it just sort of even out over time
1: so it evens out over time um our babies aren't really hungry to begin with their tummies are only really really small so they're about the size of about a marble for the first day and then by about day three or four they're about the size of like a small ping pong ball and then day 10 it's about the size of an egg so it does get bigger but it It takes its time. And so with that really like we interpret it as an oversupply, but it's actually our breasts responding to the progesterone being removed. And so there's two types of what we call lactogenesis, which is how milk is made, lactogenesis 1 and lactogenesis 2. So lactogenesis 1 is the colostrum being made and lactogenesis 2 is the milk coming in. And so lactogenesis 2 is... Our body's gone. Okay, we've had a baby. We can't, we don't know if there's one or two. We don't know how big this baby is. We're just going to make enough milk to feed the village and then we'll figure out how much milk we actually need. So, <laughs> so we'll always have an oversupply. Um, mm-hmm. And, So so that's why we have all this like copious milk. So even though our breasts feel really big and engorged, it's not all milk. Some of it is just swelling. Like if we sprained our ankle, it's that kind of swelling. It's not all milk. But after about the two-week, two- to six-week mark, that's when it starts to get more what the supply and demand. So it's regulating to what your baby needs or to what you're pumping and that's when that lactogenesis too really comes in and it's more about the the what you remove is how much you'll make. Right.
0: So, of course, next step from uh, your milk coming in is actually getting the attachment right with your baby. My experience of that was not fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Is that something that you really need to do with a consultant or an expert right next to you? Because I can't imagine you can explain how to do it over the radio.
1: Um. I, I... Have uh, my background as a lactation consultant is um, on the Australian Breastfeeding Association helpline. So some people do have a oh, really okay. good have a really good way of explaining things as visually as we can without any visuals. So you don't necessarily need to have someone next to you to show you. Reading lots of articles, watching videos from like. The raising children's network can be helpful as well but there are some principles that i tend to teach my clients and my my students that are basically no matter what position you choose to put your baby in the same principles apply So
0: what what are they?
1: (laughs) These principles are, so we want tummy to mummy. So even if you're doing like the cradle hold or the football hold, um, so cradles where it's like across your body, football is where it's like baby is tucked under your arm. Some people do laid back feeding where baby goes like down your body, but you want their tummy as close as you can to your tummy, like literally touching. So usually what that means is you have to roll your baby towards you so that they're touching you. So, th- and then the next thing that I teach is nose to nipple. So, when you've got your baby next to you, you want their nose to be in line with your nipple rather than their mouth. So, a lot of people, a lot of mums tend to have their baby right in the crook of their elbow. So, they're too far around, like they're kind of yeah. like overshooting the nipple. And, but if you bring your baby round so that their head's more like center, like left or right of center, not right in the crook of your arm, and you line their nose up to their nipple, then they have to put their head back. So their chin comes in first rather than their lips. Um, and then they can latch onto the nipple. And then the third principle that I teach is chin to breast. So the chin, your baby's chin is the first thing to ca- contact your breast rather than their nose or their lips. So those principles again are tummy to mummy, nose to nipple, chin to breast. And if you follow like, those principles no matter what position you're in you will usually get a good attachment because what we're trying to do is to aim the nipple up to the back of baby's mouth like um up to their hard palate and that positioning will pretty much get it there every time.
0: So let's just say we haven't had that excellent advice before we start feeding and we end up with cracked and bleeding nipples how do we move forward with that let's say we've we've caused some damage we want to keep feeding when they're cracked and bleeding it is excruciating yes how can you keep feeding when that damage has been done
1: so that damage tends to happen when the positioning and the attachment isn't as uh, optimal as we want it to be so the first thing we need to do is to correct the positioning and attachment sometimes that can not happen because there is so much damage and bleeding that we need to pump, and it can be quite painful to attach. If that's what you need to do, if you get to that point where you're like, I don't want to feed, I think I need to pump, that's probably when you need to speak to a lactation consultant. But as far as helping healing that damage, the best thing for it is breast milk. Breast milk is like the miracle medicine. So, what you can do is air your breasts out and then And, and, oh, hang on, first you put the breast milk onto your your breast. So just after baby's fed, you squeeze a little bit out and just like rub it in, or not quite rub it in, but like put it all over your nipple and then just not wear a bra and preferably not a top. Some people like using hydrogel discs down, which are like little wet plasters to help protect their breasts so that they don't stick to their bra but really it comes down to getting that optimal positioning and attachment some mums also like using nipple shields just to create a bit of a barrier as well so it's not quite as painful when they do attach
0: oh that's just taking me right back we're gonna have to move on um (laughs) so it's so unpleasant um can you take preventative measures to avoid mastitis
1: Absolutely. So mastitis is what happens when there is what we call milk stasis. So the milk is just hanging around in your boobs and it's not coming out either through pumping or hand expressing or feeding your baby. So with mastitis, a lot of people think that it's an infection. It can get to an infection, but in the beginning, it's just inflammation of the breasts. So ways to prevent mastitis is make sure your breasts are always well-drained. So even if bub has had a feed and your breasts feel soft there'll always be about a third of your available milk still in there that's okay but we just want to make sure that our breasts feel soft softened and we're not letting them get too big and firm and engorged for too long so you can always go and hand express if you need to yes that's that's the best way to prevent it
0: okay what if you have low milk supply
1: So when it comes to milk supply, I say that breast milk supply is like a tap rather than a bucket. So whether you want to increase your supply or decrease your supply, it's just like turning a faucet on and off. So if you want to, if you have low supply, um, it is important to get to the bottom of why it might be going on there may be some other things going on such as tongue tie or health issues with your baby or thyroid problems but the general principle is the more you remove the milk the more you will make so if you have low supply and you want to try and increase your supply you just feed your baby or remove that milk more often so that could be by feeding more frequently or pumping after a feed
0: and do you ever recommend that parents use a um Mix feed, so formula and breast milk, say if they're going back to work and work's really stressful or even if they're moving, like something's happening to affect their supply or their ability to feed their baby but they want to continue breastfeeding is – is it appropriate to do mixed feeding?
1: It's absolutely appropriate.
0: And it's really is a decision that comes down to each
1: family and just trying to figure out what your breastfeeding goals are. For some mums, mixed feeding works really well for them and it meets their values and, and their goals for work and life and that kind of stuff. And that's perfectly fine. I always say like some milk's better than no milk, but for other people, they find that mixed feeding isn't working for them. And then, that's when seeing a lactation consultant can be helpful to try and get to the bottom of why the mixed feeding is ne- needed.
0: Natasha, thank you so much for your time today.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you, Siobhan.
0: That's Natasha Lunn. She's a lactation consultant and expert with Babyology's Parent School. And to book an online session with Natasha or another of our experts, simply follow the links in the notes of this episode.